Hi, I'm Emily with the Limitless Female Podcast. You are listening to episode 107, Finding Relief by Overcoming the World. My perspective on Come Follow Me. Woman, welcome. If you're a mama who is feeling all the feels of motherhood, the ups and downs of hormones, and maybe even depression, then you are in the right place. Limitless Female is your confident inner voice, helping you master your mood and create the epic life that calls you. My goal is to show you just how enough you are so you can show up limitless in your own life. Let's get started. Good morning, friends. Welcome to another podcast. I'm excited this week. I actually just recorded about half of a podcast and I was not happy with it. I felt this pull to talk about a topic that I don't feel super clear-headed about, but I want to talk about it anyway. I love seeing the model in the scriptures, and I love seeing the scriptures in the model. To me, nothing is true unless it also can weave its way through the beliefs I have about God. And I also leave room for ambiguity, right? I leave room for the fact that I know I do not know all things. I try to remember that. So everything doesn't have to fit into a perfect box, but I do believe that the gospel encircles and encompasses all truth. And most of my podcast comes from the talk that we talked about in church a couple weeks ago, which was overcome the world and find rest by President Russell M. Nelson, and then also from the scriptures we studied in Come Follow Me, where we learned of Christ's experience after 40 days of fasting and being tempted. Now, I'm going to show you guys kind of what I saw when I read it and how my mind works, but mostly the fact that the world, the natural man, temptation, I think it's all just a synonym for our lower brain. When we talk about overcoming the world, we're talking about overcoming those primitive desires, right? Which is also the natural man. Um, we overcome the world, but we do it first within us, right? I think the world is just another word for worldly things, right? Things that aren't of God. And I think your, our lower brain was literally created to provide us with that opposition experience. It is the way that we continually have opposition in all things. Um, there is this thing called the emotional triad, and it is what describes what happens in your lower primitive brain. And this emotional triad says that on default with no help from your intentional brain, your lower brain will keep you alive. That it will have that as its main function. It's not going to think about planning ahead. It's not going to think about becoming fulfilled or being a great wife or about pacing yourself. Your lower brain is going to run the show if you do not interrupt it. And its only goal is to keep you alive. There are three ways in which your lower brain keeps you alive. It does this by number one, seeking out pleasure. Okay. So it seeks out pleasure and this has always kept us alive. 
now it's not so useful, but a long time ago, seeking pleasure meant looking for chicken to eat, right? Or getting warm by the fire. That was pleasurable. And it also happened to keep us alive. We would go stand by a fire. We would feel warm. It would give us a hit of dopamine and our brain goes, dopamine means we're living. We're good. Pleasure centers are lighting up. Let's seek this again, right? So the first thing that your pleasure triad goes after is seeking pleasure. Okay. The second thing that it always makes sure happens is that you avoid. So it's on high alert for pain. Many, many years ago, this really served us because we would make choices in order to not feel pain. We would stay inside when it was cold, right? We would just try to avoid pain because pain meant possibility of death, right? And the final part is to save energy, which kind of goes along with that, but more has to do with finding the path of least resistance, doing things the quickest, right? Saving up our calories. And a long time ago, that was really useful because we didn't know when we were going to get our next meal. We didn't have a plethora of calories available to us on every corner and in our fridge and in our candy cabinet stash, right? So saving energy, avoiding pain and seeking pleasure is what your brain does on default. And I think this is a built-in mechanism so that we always experience opposition, which the scriptures say we will experience. But I love when we studied Come Follow Me and we studied Christ coming out of the wilderness after 40 days of fasting. He was exhausted. He was hungry. And then along comes the adversary and he tempts him. And I find it really fascinating that he tempts him with three specific things. So first in Luke 4, 3, he says, if thou be the son of God, command the stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answers him saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. I love it that here the adversary is tempting Jesus with seeking pleasure, right? Food is something that we do, that we seek pleasure and it keeps us alive. But the Lord knew that food alone would not help him and that his fasting was more important than this bread. Now, the next temptation, the devil takes him up to a high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world and says unto him, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them for that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will, I give it. If therefore thou wilt worship me. And Jesus said unto him, get thee behind me, Satan. I love this. I always tell my kids when you feel tempted, just say, get out of here, Satan, get thee hence, Satan, like say it out loud, like get out of here, the adversary. But I feel like when we talk about giving our higher brain more airtime, we're talking about talking back to your brain. And here the adversary is tempting him with power right? He's saying, I'll give you all of this if you worship me, right? And power helps us save energy. If we have power, we believe we can make things easier for ourselves. 
we can do less, right? With more money, I can have more power. I can have more employees. I can hire a house cleaner. I can hire someone to cook for my family. Uh, everything will be so much easier if I had more money and more power. And our brain believes this. And we go after this quite often, right? And the third thing that he tempts him with is basically the ability to avoid pain. He says, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, right? And then he tells him, they'll, they'll stop you from hurting your foot against a stone. And Satan tells him, do not tempt the Lord thy God. This final temptation is about avoiding pain. And I recently listened to a podcast called The Faithful Feminist. And I love the way they talked about how each one of these things is the Lord staying with also those people who cannot get out of that place. So not only is it within our own heads, right? Within our own natural man that we are often seeking to find pleasure, to avoid pain and to save energy. But some of us do not have the privilege or the luxury of escaping some of those. There are those of us who are always hungry and the Lord stayed with those, right? He stayed hungry. He knows you. There are some of us who cannot avoid pain. You have chronic illnesses. You have pain. You don't have health insurance. You, you have emotional pain that you cannot escape. The Lord stays with you, right? He does not opt out of that pain. And there are some of us who cannot save energy, who are in the throes of developing those, those first rungs of, of Maslow's hierarchy, right? Just trying to procure, um, safety and stability, right? Having food to feed your kids or shelter, right? Or feeling secure or safe in your relationship. And the Lord stays with you. He does not lead you. And I thought that was such a beautiful interpretation of the way Christ does not opt out of temptation. And I love this quote that President Nelson says in his talk. He says, overcome the world and find rest. Find rest from intensity and anguish of this world by overcoming the world through your covenants with God. I think that strengthening our covenants with God, strengthening those two-way promises where we expect to have help and joy and forgiveness while we also bring our best selves and ask for forgiveness, use the atonement, that that is the way that we overcome intensity, uncertainty, and anguish. And notice those three things are emotions intensity, uncertainty, and anguish. And I believe that the Lord opted out of temptation so that he could descend below us all, right? And sometimes I think we watch this and we think he is the best at avoiding temptation, right? And I need to be like him. I need to be better at avoiding temptation. But I hope that from this, you see that not only is he the best, 
But that means that you also don't have to be the best because he's the best at avoiding temptation. In DNC 122.8, it says, the son of man hath descended below them all. Art thou greater than he? Right? Are you better than him? And he descended below them all. Because I think we sometimes think if we avoid, if we give into temptation, if we yell at our kids, if we overeat, if we uh, misspend, if we lie, if we even cheat, if we drink, if we uh, talk badly about somebody else, if we forget our covenants, if we walk away from the church, if we lose our testimony, um, if we do any of these things that we don't want to do, that we cannot turn back. And in that scripture, it says, he's descended below them all. Are you greater than him? And I love the next line. It says in one twenty-two nine. it says, therefore, hold on thy way, right? It's saying you're not too far gone. Nothing is wrong with you, right? Christ descended below us all so he could rise above it. He experienced the most temptation so that he could understand you and die for your sins slash temptations, right? Temptations are also sins. So he could experience that, right? And not judge you or judge you accordingly. C.S. Lewis says, no man knows how bad he is till he has tried very hard to be good. A silly idea is current that good people do not know what temptation means. This is an obvious lie. Only those who try to resist temptation know how strong it is. After all, you find out the strength of a German army by fighting against it, not by giving in. You find out the strength of a wind by trying to walk against it, not by lying down. A man who gives in to temptation after five minutes simply does not know what it would have been like an hour later. And Christ, because he was the only man who never yielded to temptation, is also the only man who knows to the full what temptation means. The only complete realist. Okay, so Christ ascended below us all. He felt temptation and he never gave into it, not to show us this impossible goal and how we should improve, but so that he knows the true extent of the temptation you're facing. And that so that when you do give in, because you will, you guys, your lower brain is there and it will constantly cause opposition so that you will give in. And I believe this is so that you will make and take advantage of the atonement of Jesus Christ, right? Because it's only through him that we can be made whole. And we will only use the atonement if we fail and experience anguish, right? We can only overcome the world once we have already descended below it. And Christ ascended below us all so that we could ascend together, right? And so I think of the word ascend, right? To come back, to rise back above, to be forgiven or to repent as the word relief. All those emotions that we feel when we do give in to pleasure or pain, or we avoid pain, or we do give in to our exhaustion and we try to save energy. 
all those emotions that we feel discouraged, frustrated, angry, stuck, all of those emotions will eventually be taken away through the repentance process daily, weekly, minute by minute. And once those are taken away, you know, what's left the most amazing gift of all relief, relief, relief is not an emotion. You guys, it is the lack of, it is the gift of no negative emotion. Isn't that incredible that we could not experience that incredible, um, for lack of better word, experience of relief without having, you know, fallen into temptation first, right? Without this lower brain that pulls us to want to survive rather than thrive, we could never experience relief. And it is better to go through that right? And to feel relief than to never have experienced negative emotion at all. And I love that the savior overcame these three things, because these are the three things your brain will offer you constantly. And I think that the natural man is the same thing as the world is the same thing as temptation is the same thing as your lower brain. That's just the way I see it guys. And if anything I said in here, you're like, that's whack girl. I don't know. Leave it right. Take it all with a grain of salt. But this was my interpretation of that. Come follow me. And president Nelson's talk about overcoming the world. And I hope you enjoyed it and that it helped you just overall. Remember that shame isn't useful. You're incredible, period. There's nothing you can do to belittle how wonderful and amazing and important you are. There is never, you are never too far gone. You are always enough. You are never too much. Okay. And I got you. If you're having trouble believing that you guys come grab a free session with me. I'm not going to sell you on a program. I'm going to help you. If you guys want to learn more, I'm always there for you, but come get help from me. Let's ascend together. All right. Bye ladies. I hope you have an amazing week. If you have questions about anything you've learned here on the podcast or want help with something going on in your own life, hop on a free coaching call with me in just 30 minutes. You'll have real tools for your unique situation. Go to limitlessfemalecoaching.com forward slash work with me, or you can find a link in the show notes below. Spots are limited, so grab one before you miss it.